everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. If you'll visit our website, you can find lots of information about House Church. We are a House Church network. We uh, follow the biblical pattern of the New Testament, uh, and sometimes people forget that all the apostles were doing Church of the House, and they were writing to people who were doing Church of the House. So when you read Romans, Galatians, Philippians, Ephesians, Thessalonians, etc., etc., it's all by apostles doing Church of the House writing to people doing church in the house. And that's the best way to understand the context of the New Testament. And so what they did was rotated homes and they went from house to house and also rotated who led each week or each meeting. And so that is uh, what we do. And it worked for the first 300 years. They saturated the Roman Empire uh, from the ground up, from house to house, from the ground up. And so we follow that same pattern, cwowi.org. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly email that comes out every Friday morning, U.S. time. And it's in the headers of my weekly thoughts and my monthly e-newsletter, where we put word uh, information about our Zoom web meetings, uh, conferences, uh, trips we take, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and, and lots of information about house church there. So today, talking about you will fulfill your destiny. Um, you know, it's easy to get bogged down on this life and think this is all there is. But one of the most uh, significant vis- uh, comments the Lord has made during the visitations I've had with him was one night in particular where he actually had turned to go and then he turned back to me. And he said this, he said, he said, you know, uh, if people get saved for Ephesians 2.6. And I said, what do you know? What do you mean? And because I know Ephesians 2, 6, it says that he has seated us, the Father has seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And when I, when I said, you know, what, what do you mean? And, and of course, I, like I said, I knew Ephesians 2, 6. Um, and he said, he said, people get saved for, for all kinds of reasons, but they feel the Father drawing them. Uh, maybe it's a tragedy in their life. Maybe they're seeking truth, but they feel the Father drawing them. And, and he said that Ephesians 2, 6 represents your righteousness in me, your place in me, your authority in me. And then he kind of tilted his head a little bit and smiled. He said, but the father and I saved you for verse seven. And he said it with enthusiasm like that. And, and verse seven says, still talking about the father, so that in the ages to come, he could continue to show forth the riches of his kindness and his grace towards us in Christ Jesus in the ages to come. And, and this is something that, that has helped me maintain the larger picture in my life to realize that we are already in eternity. There are ages to come. And I tell people quite frequently, if you've ever been in any of our meetings, I tell people quite frequently, even in sometimes in our Zoom meetings, that, um, that we're still going to know one another a hundred years from now, 200 years from now, a thousand years from now. And, and that's why, uh, it will help you walk in love just that much more if you realize that that person that you're dealing with, uh, assuming being a Christian and everything else, they're, that you're still going to know them 500 years from now. You know, this, this life that we're in, it's, it's a drop in the bucket compared to the fact that we're already in eternity. And, uh, I, I take you back to, uh, I'll share, uh, some things along these lines. And this was something that I, I quite honestly, um, and when I do these, I don't just say, okay, I think I'm going to talk about this this week and this the next week. I pray and I say, Father, okay, what do you want me to share on? Or, you know, do you have anything in particular, et cetera? And this is what came this week to talk about uh, our destinies, that we will fulfill our destinies. 
In, on October 1st of 1986, it was the first, uh, what I would call teaching visitation I had with the Lord. I saw him the first time in April of 86, but this October 1st was the first teaching visitation. And what I mean by teaching is he taught me things. He sometimes rearranged my theology a little bit. A lot of times just confirmed it or gave a, a, a different nuance to it, a different depth to it. But in this one, I was in a, a, a village in Mexico uh, set to minister, and the Lord appeared to me. And I won't go into the detail. You can uh, get my book, Pursuing the Seasons of God. Um, and uh, again, I make that same claim that if, if people will email me at C-W-O-W-I, Dot, or excuse me, at AOL.com, C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com. I'm happy to upload the PDF uh, of that to you, or you can visit our website and get a uh, hard copy if you wish or, or however. Uh, but Pursuing the Seasons of God details some of my visitations from uh, April of 86 to 1989. Um, but in that April, in the October 1st, 86, when I saw the Lord, um, <laughs> I, one of the things I realized right away was, the love coming out from his eyes was such that I realized that he had thought me up. And that's why I told him, I said, I said, I'm a product of your imagination. You, you thought me up. And he smiled. He said, that's right. And I, I said, the fact that I love the, I like the three stooges. You put that in me. And he smiled. And he said, that's right. And I started thinking and I, and I, I said, I said, so I said, you spent the same amount of time on everybody else as you did with me. And you spent the same type, amount of time as, with me thinking about me as you did everybody else. And you did that before Genesis ever opens up. Because I remembered Jeremiah 1, 5, you know, it says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And he smiled and said, that's right. And so I had this instantly, this this understanding that before the world ever was, he had already thought us up. He had, he had gifted us. He had graced us. He saw everybody's life from start to finish. And he created us accordingly. And so he started talking about how, how, uh, well, you know, I, I immediately in the conversation, you know, when you're in the spirit, you don't think of things like abstract things that you think, oh, if I ever saw the Lord, I think I'd ask him this. It, it's things that come out of your spirit. And so in, in this conversation, I, I uh, asked him, I said, well, you know, I was thinking about the inequalities of the world. And I thought on the one hand of my friend, my childhood friend who was rich, uh, kind of shallow, very, very shallow, but claimed to be a believer, but, but shallow. And then I thought of a, a lady in our church right then who, uh, who seems like our church was always helping out. She had two teenagers and, uh, you know, they were always causing issues and everything. She was a really kind of a down to earth, gritty woman trying to raise two teenage, two rebellious teenagers on her own. And then over here, on the other hand, I was thinking of my friend with the silver spoon in his mouth, so to speak, you know, just wealthy and didn't have to do much in life and everything. And so I asked the Lord, I said, I said, there, the inequality, how could you do that? And, and he said this, he said, he said, when I saw down through the corridors of time and saw uh, everyone's life, I gifted them, I graced them with what they would need uh, to get through life as they depended on me. He said this, he said, remember, all things were made by me and for me and to work properly, all things must be done in me. And he said, so I saw what your friend needed and graced him with all the gifts and all the character that he would need as he depended 100% on me. And he referred to the other woman and he said, and remember, he said, I saw her life and I graced her and gave her everything that she would need 
in her life and all the things that she faces as she depends on me. And he said, so you see, each one, no matter how they're gifted, has to depend 100% on me so that all are equal in my sight. And that made, that was such a, <clears throat> such a blessing to me. And, and I understood some of the apparent inequalities in this world. And yet each person, uh, has to realize that all things were made by him and for him and to work properly. All things must be in him. And as we do that, it's equality. Uh, what Paul said, what in second Corinthians 10, 12, I think it was, he said, he said, those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Just look at yourself and realize that you have to depend hundred percent on the Lord as they, whoever you're thinking of has to, has to depend hundred percent on the Lord. Uh, and we are graced and we are gifted according to, to our lives with whatever we need. So then the conversation in my mind shifted to, uh, because you talked about, you know, whatever you would need in life, he's graced us with, he's gifted us with. So then my attention went to babies and little children who never get to fulfill their, 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 their giftings and, and explore life and live their life and find out how he created them and uncover the layers, you know, of their personality as according to how he gifted them. And I thought of a, a baby dying of starvation, you know, at its mother's breast, unable to to have any food, or she's so weak and sickly she can't uh, produce nourishment for her child. And and I looked at him and I said, "How could you do that?" And, and you know, have little children and babies who die early. And he he looked at me and kind of tilted his head a little bit. He said, "Don't you know? They're with me, and in the ages to come, they will fulfill their destinies." And that comment um that they are with him and in the ages to come they will fulfill their destinies brought out something what i said at the beginning is that we're already in eternity and it was an amazing sense of the fact and alluding to the idea that children grow up in heaven two and a half years later a little more less than three years later i was given a tour of heaven and i heard that same phrase one of the things we, I went to was a, a bunch of angels who were standing. They're, they're tall like me. I'm, I'm almost two meters, six, six. Um, you know, and they were standing and they were standing like they had their hands like this, uh, but across their midsections, you can't see because of the way the, the camera is, but, but they had this oblong like sphere of light that I couldn't see into. It was just a, a fuzzy on the outside sphere of light that was like hovering between their hands. And their hands were like this, but across their midsection. And they were standing rank and file, almost shoulder to shoulder, just, just a little bit apart, shoulder to shoulder, rank and file as far as I could see. And, and just a huge, huge number of them. And, and I was curious about what these little, little spheres of light were in them. And as soon as I thought, Father, I, I wish I knew what those were. Instantly on, on the first one that's closest to me, I could see through that, that sphere of light and it was a little baby like growing in the womb. And I looked at the angel real quick giving me a, the tour and he said, he said, this is where all the miscarried and aborted babies go. And in the ages to come, they will fulfill their destinies. They will grow up and fulfill their destinies. And, you know, I never saw that transition. In, in, during the tour of heaven of how that happened and everything. But the next thing we went to was an area that I would describe as a part, part play area, part nursery. And there were angels and people taking care of babies and little children and toddlers and playing in this big grassy area. And, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I, 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 I share from time to time. I won't do it for time's sake here about a mother who was reunited with her baby. She, Every, everybody in that area stopped and, and they looked and this woman just kind of emerged, 
uh, running full speed and I saw this, this angel that had been holding onto this newborn baby. It was all wrapped up and he turned and as she came, she, she had her heart, her hands out like this and, and this angel extended this baby and she, this woman, young woman, young woman, you know, grabbed the baby and just twirled around and, and, and it was so private and so sacred and, and uh, everyone had stopped to look at it. And when she, she had that reunion, we, we turned and went about our business. And I, I and I asked the angel and, and he said the, the baby uh, died in childbirth and the mother died shortly afterwards. And, and, but they were reunited. And, um, there was one other section I'll, I'll share. There was a, a little girl sitting at the base of a tree and kind of cross-legged and her little brother who was like one or something like that or, or so was crawling all over her. You know, he's not quite that standing stage or walking stage, but all around them were 14 and I count them 14 adult relatives. And, and I just knew by the spirit, I knew there were aunts and uncles and grandparents and great grandparents and, and, and people like that. But as we walked by, and I saw this little girl who's, you know, four or five years old, something like that. And the, this little brother crawling all over and playing. And they were all, it was like a family reunion, like everybody's talking and visiting and, and, and everything else. And I asked the angel as we went by, I said, I said, oh, I said, the, the parents are missing. Where are the parents? And he commented, he said, these children died in a car accident. He said, but the parents survived. And he said, he said, when possible, little children in heaven are raised by their relatives. And I said, okay, I said, I need chapter and verse on that. And he said, have you not read Ephesians 3, 14? It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of, whole, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And he looked at me and said, there's only one family. It doesn't matter whether it's heaven and earth. It's just one family. And, you know, I think about that experience there in 1989. And I think about how those children are grown up. Everyone I saw in heaven uh, appears to be in their mid thirties, even the old people, which, you know, because you're spirit and soul at this point. And, and so the things of gravity and the things of uh, the abuse of the world and, and the war, war worn, world worn, uh, visage of so many people who have experienced the world and just tears on their skin and their appearance and, and everything else. And they look like they've experienced the world. You know, that, that all disappears because it's just your spirit and soul. And so even the old people look young and yet you can see the wisdom of the Lord, the life experience that they've had. Even if they've come to the Lord just, you know, before they died, you still see everything he did for them all through their lives reflected in the glory on their faces. So I say there's nothing on earth to compare it to. So I say generally everybody looks like they're in their mid thirties. Um, but, and I just think about how little children grow up and it's interesting physiologically scientists tell us that our, our physical bodies here on the earth, uh, stop growing and, and everything at about 35 and it's kind of like downhill from there. But, um, but anyway, the, all that to say, and I, I don't, you know, these things, when I have these visitations are private, that's not, I'm not trying to make a, a big name for myself or, or, or money or anything else. I just share them because, you know, it's, it happened, but it is between me and the Lord, but I was just, when I asked the Father, what do you want me to share today? And he talked about how we'll fulfill our destinies. You've got to realize there are ages to come, according to Ephesians 2, 7. And certainly the end of the book of Revelation says the same thing. So I just want to encourage you that this life is not everything. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, you know, 1 through 10 there, he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In Philippians 1, uh, about uh, 20 through 26, he said, you know, I desire to go and be in heaven, which is 
far greater to be with the Lord, but I need to stay behind for you. I'm in a straight between the two. I don't know what I'll choose, and yet I know to stay behind is better for you. You know, there's all these things. Uh, Moses and Elijah, you know, knew what was happening on earth. They talked to, to Jesus. They appeared to Jesus about his soon coming death in Jerusalem. In, in Revelation 6, we've got martyrs before the throne saying, how long, O Lord, until you venge us of our, our death and, and, and bring justice to the earth. So they had full remembrance of their lives. Jesus, after his resurrection, said, hey, guys, you said, do you not remember when I was with you? I told you all these things. You know, so there's full remembrance, full continuation of the relationships we had. I saw people in heaven who were reconciling differences that they had on earth, but they were talking through and there was no chance of misunderstanding. There was no chance of, of you know, there's no devil. There's no, you know, human flesh to get in there and the Holy Spirit perfectly communicating one to the other. Uh, so there's no possibility of, of misunderstanding and people talking things through. It's amazing. The fact that you feel the same on the inside right now as you did when you were a teenager or 20 or 30 years old, but your body has changed around you, it's proof that you're eternal. You don't need this physical body to continue, It, but it's our earth housing. As Paul said, not that we want to get rid of this earth housing, but we want to be clothed upon from on high. That time will take care of itself soon enough. But I, I, I just was prompted today and led today just to share that little snippet about heaven and about the ages to come. You will fulfill your destinies. So you've got to remember if you failed the Lord and you feel like he moved on and you didn't and, and he called you at an early age or something and, and you went on because life happened, realize that, that in the next ages to come, you will fulfill your destinies. God's word does not return void. It may be 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 500 years from now, but you will fulfill your destinies. All right. Talk to you later. God bless you.